Well, hello everyone and welcome to Love in Your Life podcast. This is Dola. And the last couple weeks we've been talking about personality style, communication style, in the context of what we speak about on this program, and that is uh, for the purposes of a job interview or job match, you might want to call it, which is, you know, what one of my books addressed, or um, how it compares to a love match. And why is it so important to sort of know where our own needs come from where you know what kind of needs do we have to be very conscious of our own communication style our own behavioral needs our own uh, interests you know to be very very um, intimately connected to ourselves authentically so that we know who we are so that we don't misportray you know either intentionally or unintentionally who we are what we need and what we want out of life and in in light of that the personality does come into play doesn't it it always does when we we're talking about a match on a job whether we're reporting to a certain someone we want to know that we get along right and we want to know that we have some kind of similar you know goals and values so that we you know don't get into trouble with one another down the road but also in a love match I mean that's a no-brainer we definitely need to have similar priorities and values and sort of interests to some extent interest right we can always have different interests than our mate but we want to be kind of sort of at least respectful of one another's um, uniqueness but have some in common you know you always have to have something in common um, and find that something so that you can make it work uh, for you know long term because we're assuming that whether we go on a job search or on a mate search we our intention is to have it be long term you know have some longevity right and if that's not the case then we're talking about something different but uh, for the purposes of, of what we're speaking about, my question is, what's so important about knowing our motivations and our interests and our uh, personality styles, our communication styles, our behavioral uh, needs? You know, all those are synonymous. I just keep saying all of them together so that whatever clicks for you will click for you and, and be meaningful for you to understand um, what I'm trying to say here. So I've been involved for 25 years in assessing people's motivations, their needs, their behavioral style, their communication style, so that I could make matches for people on the job, right? So that I can say to them, well, this job, you know, this particular organization's culture is such and such, and the person to whom you will report is, you know, theoretically, you'd have them assessed first so that you would know um, what their style is, and you would be able to make a match or, you know, think, no, this isn't going to work because, and know why that is, why, why you don't, you don't imagine that that's going to be a, a profitable, successful match. You need to be able to articulate that on both sides, right? Because we don't want to go where we are not going to fit. And the fit is everything when it comes to a job. And it's kind of everything when it comes to a love match, right? So if you're out there dating and you're not as serious about any of this, you don't have to go through all this trouble. It's it's probably something that you'll figure out 
you know, along the way, if you have, you know, two or three dates, you'll be able to figure out what this person's about and, you know, whether or not you match with them and you have common interests and uh, maybe common background a little bit. You know, it always helps to have a little bit of commonality, common ground when it comes to how did you grow up and, you know, what your parents, you know, did for a living and all that kind of stuff, all those details. I mean, they're not imperative. They're just, you know, suggestive of a better more uh, um, you know workable match when we do have a lot in common so uh, you know that's you know everybody understands that but but what's what's the question is why is it so important to get that stuff clear first of all let's make this perfectly clear it is imperative that you know you <laughs> I mean I know that sounds silly but um like I I I write in, I think, I think I've mentioned it in all my books because I, I think so many of us get away from who we actually are, who we authentically are for a myriad reasons. I mean, it could be that you were taught, you know, as on some sub, subliminal level that you were not enough and you therefore created, you know, alter egos and, you know, other personas that you purported to be somebody you weren't and, you know, eventually that unfortunately doesn't work because we can't sustain that, um, you know, uh, that image um, that we, that, that is not authentic, right? Um, we have to be genuine about who we are. By the way, not only do we have to be genuine about who we are and authentic, but we have to love ourselves for who we are. We can't, you know, go out there and say, okay, I don't love that person, but I'm going to be this person. I mean, none of that works, right? Long term. So you may as well embrace who you are. You are a lovable person. Believe it or not, there's every single person has things about them that are flawed and every single person is still lovable. No matter who you are and no matter what you've done. Um, You know, we make mistakes. We, you know, blow things. It's completely within our human capabilities and really allowances because, you know, we are flawed humans. Uh, so, So I'm not talking about, you know, anything other than embracing the real you and knowing who that is and being proud of that. Maybe not proud of all of the traits that you possess. Maybe if you're very introverted, you say to yourself, geez, I wish I were more, you know, excited about being with people all the time, but I'm not. I like being home alone on my computer all day. Um, There's nothing to apologize for, but the key is taking that trait, embracing that trait, not being embarrassed about it, but loving it and knowing what matches with it, right? So there are some introverted people who love being with extroverted people so that they can relax. They don't have to do all the talking and all the engaging. They can let their partner do it, right? They love that. But then there are other introverted people or extroverted people who want to be with somebody like them with their same energy, and you have to know that about yourself, right? And there's scales, right? So introversion and introvert, extroversion aren't so um, so finite. Like, for example, myself, I come out almost right smack in the middle of the introversion, extroversion scale. Nobody thinks I'm introverted, though, by the way. My extroverted style is what apparently they see. So they And they see me engaging all the time with people, but that's because I'm also a Libra and I'm also very social. So I, you know... 
I give the impression that I love being with people all the time. But in fact, I really don't because I'm a writer too. And I love to be with myself like I am right now doing this podcast. And I, I love the energy I get from reading and writing. So, but most people wouldn't see that, obviously. They see me engaging. So they see me engaging in society on a regular basis and they would call, they would be apt to call me an extroverted person. That's that's okay because uh, I am and I can be and I love that world. And by the way, I love extroverted people and I love introverted people for different reasons. And I like being with both of them. So if I were talking about me with a match, I, I kind of fall right smack in the middle. But if you're really left on the scale of introversion or extroversion or right on the right scale of uh, extroversion you're going to you know want to assess yourself honestly and say you know what I hate being with people who talk all the time I hate being with you know someone who you know wants the floor all the time I want to have the floor you know if you're not you have to know yourself love yourself for exactly who you are and then be able to assess the other individual fairly early on so you don't spend a lot of time wasted unless you want to just date or unless you want to just go from job to job, you know? Um, it depends on what your goals are. So if your goals are longevity, then you want to find out early on whether there's a good match here and whether we have a, you know, a fairly good chance of being together for the long term. Um, you know, in a marriage, theoretically, it would be forever until death. And with a job, it would be until you retire. Uh, although I think that's passe today. <laughs> you know, I don't think people take jobs with the idea that they want to retire from that job. I, I think they're always trying to look to better themselves, and that's perfectly fine. But for whatever term you're deciding to be with a particular company, a particular individual to whom you report, it would be fairly... Um, you know, productive in your life um, and meaningful for you to be able to assess quickly and use some, you know, environmental cues to assess the other person fairly quickly. And by the way, we all do this anyway. I'm not talking about anything that is foreign to anybody listening. We all assess each other relatively quickly. Does she have good eye contact? Does she give me, you know, there, there are times you meet somebody and you say, I don't know why, but I just can't like that person. And it, it's not like you, you're a bad person for saying that or feeling that. It's just that they don't, you and you and their energy your energies do not are not synergistic they're not working and for whatever reason that is it's okay but you need to cut bait early on so you don't waste each other's time that's how I personally feel but you might feel otherwise and that's perfectly fine to feel otherwise but this is all about being able to have long-term associations and how do we guess at that if we're not going to sit down with somebody and have a professional, you know, assessment, personal assessment done on each of us and have a sit down, which is done all the time, have a sit down and talk about the results of those, um, those profiles that we come up with, right? It, that what would be optimal if everybody did that, but we, we don't do that. And by the way, I'm going to have that on my website, that um, availability. And like I said, for a period of time, I'm going to just charge you what I'm charged um, because you really don't need me to, um, to debrief you. It's going to be pretty self-explanatory. And I hope it'll be as, as 
you know, illuminating to you as it possibly can be. But once I get it up there, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more. But in, in essence, what we're doing is we're just kind of saying, what are the things that can get me quicker to the point where I know that who this person is and I can kind of guess where, you know, their motivations are and their needs and their interests to the extent that I can so that I, you know, engage for the time that I'm with them um, authentically and, um, and I understand what potential there is for us to have a long-term association. So on the job front, it's pretty imperative that you get along with your boss, uh, that you kind of see, you know, this, you have the same vision. And, um, and the company is really important. You know, do you, do you, is there synergy with the company's values? And you can find out values and mission statements on online you don't have to guess at that you know what the culture is basically you can get some feedback from some people by the way um, networking in this regard is very critical if you know anybody that works at the company that you're being interviewed with or you have a company in mind that you'd love to work for and you want to call um, you know and set up an appointment or, or try to get your resume uh, you know into the person that is going to be sitting down face to face with you and you're successful in getting that, you'll want to determine before you go in for that interview what what the culture is. If you can't ascertain that from the website, right? You're gonna wanna ask some people that work there. You're gonna, you know, check with people. People know people, you know, you talk to one person, they know 10 people. You talk to those 10 people, they know, you know, you're gonna get down to real big numbers. So to the extent that you can afford the time to do that, I think it's well worth your time because you need to know that. On the personal side, and I hope you know, I hope it's okay to go back and forth from the job to the personal. But I do make that analogy because it is an apt analogy. I'm 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 convinced of it because I think that most of us who married, I think would have loved to know what the results, what the reports um, what you can glean from these assessment reports that would have helped you decide better <laughs> about whether this person makes sense. Because some of us get married before we really know that kind of level of detail. And then we say, geez, you know, I wish I would have known more about this person's whatever. I probably wouldn't have gone forward and decided to, you know, promise till death do us part. You know, and that's the sad part of our marital um, situation. We we have a high divorce rate, and nowadays people are, and I'm kind of delighted to hear this, they're delaying marriage for as long as they possibly can. I think that's a great idea because you get out there and you learn to know yourself and you really get intimate with yourself first, and you know very clearly, much more clearly had you just jumped into something, um, whether or not this person makes sense for you. And that's really going to be important because um, especially if you're intending to have children with this person, to, to do something prematurely, then have children, and then have a divorce, it's much more I don't know, complex, and you're involving other people now, um, you know, innocent children. And it's never a great thing at the end of the day to um, to have that happen to children. It, it works out, and some people um, absolutely uh, make it work out, and they're very lovely about the breakup, and, and they, they, they do right by the children. But 
sometimes it doesn't work out so smoothly and there's a lot of resentment and bitterness and the children do pay some price for it you know so I mean I know my, my parents were not together so I know how they felt and um, I, I don't really wish it on anybody you know I mean our parents were fairly good about it so I am grateful for that but um, it can get really dicey, you know. So anyway, I, I think I have to kind of end it here because I'm getting into 16 minutes and I hate to go beyond um, a certain point. But um, I think, you know, I'm going to keep talking about this personality stuff because it really behooves us to understand this for ourselves, to embrace our authenticity, love ourselves first before we invite another into our lives. And then, you know, that's, you know, work-wise, but also for the purposes of um, our, our personal lives. Very critically important to know who you are, love who you are, expect to be loved for exactly that. And, you know, when you're promising that longevity um, at marriage, to know that, you know, I know enough about this person's motivations, interests, personality style, that I know it's going to last for me because I'm okay with them and they're okay with me, you know. Um, You know, sometimes we don't like the people we love. You know, and that's a big deal. So likability is why I'm talking about the assessment. Not for love, because love happens, right? I love this person, but I don't like living with them every day. <laughs> you know, and, and I'll tell you, I think likability and friendship in a marriage is almost more important than love. I know that sounds terrible because I want you to have passionate love. But the love that we think is passionate really does subside. It, it has, you know, it has um, it has ups and downs. It, it has, you know, times when we're real passionately involved with one another and times when we're more platonically or, you know, there are things that happen in life that take our attention like jobs and children, um, you know, and, and, and so we have to be realistic about the passion and, um, and about the job, I would say, you know, you don't have to be as, um, you, you will always have passion for your work uh, if you start out with the passion. If you know what you are passionate about work-wise, I think you have a a really strong chance of uh, staying in that field, having a long, wonderful career, um, doing something you care about, something you're, you know, you're, you're meant to do. That's the other component you have to really get in touch with that what am I meant to do and that's take some internal guidance that takes some paying attention some attending to that feedback that is that intuition that's the part that you're connected to that's you know above and beyond our five senses you know it's it's that sixth sense that talks to us but sometimes we're not listening Um, that, you know, sort of tugs at us, but sometimes we ignore for whatever reason. Again, you know, doesn't, um, it it doesn't matter, but, uh, but it happens. And so to know that. Anyway, guys, like I said, I do have to end it here. (laughs) I could talk about this stuff forever, as you can tell. Uh, But thank you for listening. And um, until next time, please consider living with love in your life personally and professionally. Bye, guys.